Yes, okay, let's get this conversation started. I'm Aviola Abrams. Thank you so much to Thrive Global and writer Cheryl Peavy for asking me for this conversation. I'm so excited about this interview and a chance to talk about my favorite subject in the whole wide world, empowering women to be the very best that we can be. So you've sent me questions and I have them here in front of me, but I haven't taken a look at them ahead of time because I wanted my answers to be fresh for you. So let's begin. So question one, you ask, you have so many awesome accomplishments. Well, thank you, thank you. Congratulations. And you say, who is Abiola Abrams at her core? Ah, well, this is such a great question because, you know, for just like each and every one of us, you know, who I am on the surface depends on who you're talking to. To my parents, I'm their daughter. To my siblings, I am their sister. To my, you know, my four-year-old niece, I'm her auntie. To my amazing soulmate clients, I am their coach and mentor. And I think that at my core, you know, being a a speaker, a writer, a spiritpreneur, a media big mouth, <laughs> that at my core, I'm someone who genuinely wants to just leave her corner of the planet a little bit better than she found it. And I feel like my work, you know, the, the best use of me is helping us as women to be able to move past the beliefs and the blocks that keep us from living our most exuberant, juiciest, most full lives possible. That, you know, if you ever have a dream that you've, that you've had to defer or um, feels like what you want is just outside of reach, you know that that is uh, an emotional, a mental pain, a, a form of suffering that you would want to avoid. And so that is, I feel like, who I am at my core, someone who is here to help to midwife women through, around, over that. All right, so number two, can you further expound on woo-woo? We don't hide, oh, and then you're quoting me. We don't hide from the woo-woo, we are the woo-woo. So what I was referring to when I said, we don't hide from the woo-woo, we are the woo-woo. I was talking about my incredible tribe of uh, amazing uh, clients, women, people called the spiritpreneurs. And I was referring to the fact that so many people, when they're talking about meditation or yoga or Reiki or whatever it is, reflexology, that they feel a need to give a disclaimer first. <gasps> Don't, this is going to sound woo-woo, but as if there's something wrong with realizing that the world is bigger and greater than the tiny piece of it that is within our understanding. And a really interesting thing is happening. Science is catching up with spirituality. Every day there's something new. Um, there was some study uh, that I was reading a couple of days ago that recently came out um, that Science, you know, scientists, these Harvard scientists are affirming that, you know, yes, you know, yogic breathing, pranic breathing that has been being taught for centuries can calm the parasympathetic nervous system. Well, yeah, ask any yogi or yogini that. And so it's really interesting to watch science catch up with spirituality. So yeah, we don't hide from the woo-woo. We are the woo-woo as spiritual beings, having a human experience, yes? 
Yes. All right. Moving on. Number three. Your question is, what is manifesting? So my website is called and is womanifesting.com just like the word manifesting, but womanifesting. And manifesting is the art and science of bringing things into being that have not previously existed, alchemy. Womanifesting is exactly that and using yin energy, uh, you know, the idea that for me that Every single person who spells her name woman, every woman identified person is fertile and helps to give birth to this world, whether or not they actually ever give birth to a human person at all. So manifesting is about shaping and creating your life and the world around you in the way that you desire. All right. And we use our powers for good. <laughs> all right. Uh, number four, what is the Spiritpreneur Academy? So as you can see, I like made up words. <laughs> this is how the language evolves, right? If there's not a word to fit what you are needing, make it up. So Spiritpreneur is obviously a combination of spiritual and entrepreneur. And I started to notice that there was a group of women like me um, and like my amazing clients who didn't necessarily identify with other entrepreneurs because we were doing our work out of answering our calling and we're not afraid to use things like intuition when it came to making decisions as the CEO of our companies. And, you know, this is very controversial in certain circles. And so being a spiritpreneur for me is more than, you know, just an idea. It is a movement and it is a way of life. And the way that I always give the example, because there are all of these angry articles, you know, talking about like people who say heart-centered entrepreneur, you know, people are very angry about that. Like, why not just say entrepreneur, you know, because there are all of these great words now that people are making up creativepreneur, um, like I said, my trademark, spiritpreneur, uh, people who are womenpreneurs and artistpreneurs and authorpreneurs, and all of those things require something a little bit different. So why not, you know, have the exact terminology that you need in order to describe your particular brand of magic? And so in my, the Spiritpreneur Guru Academy is a program and a lifestyle movement where specifically the women people in this program are mostly coaches, healers, um, creative practitioners, and consultants who are wanting to make the world better. And their spiritpreneur niche can vary, you know, that they can be, it's for spirit-centered entrepreneurs. So some, you know, one person, for example, who is in the Spiritpreneur Academy is a natural hair blogger. A lot of people obviously are um, focused on, you know, spiritual practices as coaches um, or healers. But then there are also people who are, and, and a large contingent of people who are health and wellness people. And this is a program that I'm really, really proud of 
And if you are a coach, a healer, uh, an empath, a creative entrepreneur, this will help you to have the building blocks to uh, not only be a leader, but to be able to put your own programs, products, and services into the world. Yes. <laughs> All right. So number five, why do you think that women should invest in themselves? Oh, I love this conversation. One of the programs that I offer at womanifesting.com is a pro, I have an annual international spiritual retreat. So in the past, we've been to places like Bali and Belize and the upcoming retreat that we have is going to Paris. Now, the interesting thing that happens is that, you know, for a lot of people, it's no big deal to travel, to pump, pamper themselves, to do for themselves, that kind of thing. For a lot of women, particularly the women who are spiritpreneurs, they tend to be very, very easy givers. It is very natural for them to give until it hurts, to do for others, to take care of others. But when making a self-care choice to pamper yourself or to go on an international retreat, how selfish to take a whole week by yourself in another country. It is something that is really, really difficult. You know, a lot of natural empaths who tend to be the people who are attracted to my work are not good at receiving and i know you because i am you and this is a muscle that i've had to work on as well and feel like i said completely comfortable with giving but not receiving but that's out of balance that is completely completely out of balance you know we are here in this world of duality you know so you reap and you sow giving and receiving it is all a part of the cycle of life and anything else is lopsided <laughs> and so you know you are worthy and deserving of all good things and should not be giving from emptiness from, you know, giving until it hurts or giving until it bleeds or any of those other, you know, painful metaphors. You want to give from a place of fullness, of overflow, of feeling good and feeling firmly rooted in your power. And that only happens again when you are fully in cycle, fully in concert with your power of giving and receiving. And so I have these incredible, like I said, international retreats that are all about community and all about us each being able to really surpass, you know, who we were before and up level and upgrade our lives. And an interesting thing happens. I've noticed it when people sign up for the goddess retreats, the goddess pray love retreats, or when people, you know, sign up for Spiritpreneur Academy or whatever or maybe even if they buy a card deck, I don't know. But here's the thing that happens. When we say yes to ourselves, yes, the world opens up. But also all of the, uh, you know, the, the people who need something, you know, baby needs a new pair of shoes or you're taking a week for yourself and, you know, your kids need you over here or your parents need you or your, whoever needs you, you know, all of that bubbles to the surface too. And it's because these are unhealed areas where we need to be able to take care of and get comfortable with our receiving, receiving love, receiving health, receiving well-being, receiving our own adoration, receiving abundance. Really important. Okay. All righty. Number six. 
you are a recovering people pleaser. Yes, I am, Thrive Global. Look at you calling me out in this interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, good. So Cheryl PB, the, the writer, she says, so am I. When did you realize you were a people pleaser? How did you overcome the need to please others? Now, I, this is really interesting um, because I was raised by people pleasers who, for my mother and my father, it manifests, the, the idea of being a people pleaser looks very different in both of their lives. My parents are nothing alike at all. But one thing that they do have in common is a need to please other people and, and prioritize other people's needs to their detriment. That is the definition of a people pleaser. Nothing wrong with taking care of the people around you, you know, and loving and adoring and being great to the people around you, but to your own detriment. No bueno. So when did I first realize I was a people pleaser? I think before I had the language of being a people pleaser, wanting to, you know, fit in and take care of other people's needs before myself. And still, because I believe firmly, we always teach what we most need to learn. It is a muscle that I am still working on where, you know, in some places in my life, it has become my default status to be like, okay, to realize that I need to take care of myself so that I'm not giving from an empty vessel. But in other conversations, like in a recent business conversation that I had afterward, I realized, you know, that I was not being as self-loving as I needed to be. And so what I want to give people pleasers permission to do, I don't know if you can hear a lot of loud stuff. I live in New York City. <laughs> I live in Manhattan. It is what it is. <laughs> um, but if you... I lost my train of thought, but let me just jump in with um, overcoming the need to please others. Oh, this is what I was going to say. You know, Always ask yourself, what is the most self-loving choice that I can make? And if you realize, like I did in my recent business conversation, that you haven't been as self-loving as you needed to be, that you have prioritized someone else's needs to your own detriment, it's okay to circle back around. Sometimes it takes us a while and say, hey, you know, I didn't get to fully express myself in that conversation or in that situation or in that email or whatever it is and fully express yourself, you know? I remember, you know, years ago, you know, it, it like I said, it, it's a muscle, so it gets easier and easier. But years ago, I remember I had to confront someone, you know, a friend who I love about things that had happened five years earlier, that I hadn't expressed myself, that I hadn't taken good care of myself. I hadn't taken care of my heart. I hadn't taken care of my spirit and I needed to express that. And the people who love you and care about you will understand that. So there's nothing wrong with being like, hey, you know what? I know this is gonna sound crazy um, and I, I've been going along with things so you probably don't even realize there's an issue, but here are some things that, you know, have been bothering me and, you know, if you can, I would love to ask you to please just listen to me for a bit because, you know, this is, this is still a new muscle for me to be able to express myself in that way. All right. Yes. All right. 
Number seven, what advice do I give women who don't love themselves? Well, for many of us, you know, I know that for me for years when I was struggling with self-love, if you would have asked me if I loved myself, what? I would have been like, yes, absolutely. And been able to, you know, quote Maya Angelou and this one and that one and the online, whatever. And it read all the books and done all this stuff, but was still acting in ways that were not self-loving because I did not at the core love myself. So for me, Many of us who are in states of um, self-hatred or self-avoidance, you know, are not aware of the fact that, you know, that you have a self-love detriment. And, you know, so my advice, first of all, is to get real with who you are, who you really, really are at your core and the things that are keeping you from being who you were born to be. First, that's number one. Get, get real, get true with yourself um, because without coming to that place, uh, you can't go anywhere. And then work on self-acceptance. Sometimes that's a more powerful and an easier way to work to, for us to get to um, than the idea of self-love, which it's such a used term that sometimes we don't even know what that means. So being able to accept yourself unconditionally not when you know you have the right partner or your, your your jeans fit or your makeup looks good or your hair is right or you know you have the right money in the bank or the right car or whatever it is or the right career or business no being able to love and accept yourself right now right now because one of the things I've learned is that it doesn't come later. We think that it'll come magically later when you get the things that you want. When I get on that stage, when I get that book, when I get that promotion, when I do whatever, and you do, and it doesn't. Because it's got to be there no matter what first. All right. Number nine. You wrote the amazing book, The Sacred Bombshell Handbook of Self-Love. Why, yes, I did thrive global. <laughs> what made you write the book? Oh, everything that I just shared with you thus far. The fact that so many people talk about self-love and so many people, you know, a lot of us, you know, who are on the planet right now, thankfully grew up with hearing, you know, people say, love yourself, just love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. But they didn't know what it meant and neither did we. And they couldn't teach us how to love ourselves, even if they were well-meaning, the well-meaning people who raised us, because they didn't know how to love themselves. So my mom, you know, for example, my mom is the most amazing mother on the planet. I will fight you, hands down. That's the one thing I will fight you on. <laughs> right? But my mom couldn't teach me how to love myself because she didn't know how to love herself. And so she could not, like right now, she couldn't teach me how to drive a Ferrari because she's never done it, right? So I really wanted to create a handbook that for those of us who were seeking self-love, who were having, you know, feeling like we were dying a tiny death every day by not getting to be who we were, who we are, I really wanted to create a book of rituals and practices that would help us to be able to move closer to that. And that's what the Sacred Bombshell Handbook of Self-Love is. I also re reclaimed the term sacred bombshell to mean a woman who loves, honors, and cherishes herself unapologetically. And the book also has a deck of affirmation cards called the self-love journal cards, where you pull a card a day because I was inviting people to journal and they didn't know how. They're like, I don't know how. 
So you pull a card a day and then you journal on the prompt that is shown to you on the self-love uh, the self-love card. All right, so number 10, what challenges have you faced in your business and how do you handle the setbacks? Oh my goodness. All right, so <laughs> the challenges that I faced in my business like any other entrepreneur, spiritpreneur, um, person who is giving birth to their own thing have been numerous. One of the biggest challenges was realizing that I guess coming to terms with the fact and, and being honest with myself about the fact that, you know, for me as a creative person, um, as a spiritual person, I can easily do the woo-woo and the flirt, the floaty kinds of things, but that having a business really is a combination of yin energy and yang energy, or what we commonly call in our culture, you know, divine feminine and divine masculine. And so all of the ideas, like if you're watching this and you are, you know, my people, woo-woo people, <laughs> magical people, spiritpreneur people, the weird ones, then ideas, you can have ideas out the yin yang, right? Not the yin yang, but the yin yang. <laughs> you probably have notebooks and hard drives of ideas. And ideas are not the issue. The issue is, you know, either systems, um, being able to have structure, being able to have discipline in certain areas. And so being able to blend all of that with your creative, spiritual, woo-woo self is really, really important. And for me, that that's, like I said, part of the reason why I created the Spiritpreneur Guru Academy um, to help lead women leaders but also was really important for me and an unfolding for me in my business. All right, let's see. How do I handle the setbacks? Well, buckle up buttercup, as somebody once said to me. <laughs> You've gotta learn how to roll with the punches. Uh, it was Bill T. Jones, who is a very famous um, choreographer. I took a class with him in the early um, early OOs before I went to grad school. And I remember that he said, do you have a fight song? If you don't have one, you're gonna need to get one because uh, basically he was like, life is hard. <laughs> Stuff is hard sometimes, buckle up buttercup. <laughs> you know, like you're gonna need to be able to stay engaged with yourself. Keep your eyes on the prize is basically what he was saying, you know, and be able to keep on rolling and come back to that place of um, self-love and belief in what you're doing. And that's why it's so important for, for me anyway, if you are gonna be making a choice to devote your heart, your mind, your everything to a dream, it had better be your dream. Because you know, all the challenges and things that are gonna come up, you want it to be worth it. <sighs> all right, let's see. Number 11, what's next for you? I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> no, not going to Disney World. Um, the what is next up for me actually is the Goddess of Paris Miracles and Manifesting Retreat. Uh, it's a Law of Attraction retreat that I mentioned earlier in this conversation, and it is going to be amazing. We are staying in a castle in France because if you really want to learn how to care for yourself, if you really want to learn how to become comfortable with receiving, if you want to be able to 
stand in your own power and feel good in your needs, your desires, your body as, you know, woman identified person, then where do you go? You go to France, baby. <laughs> Paris, baby. So the goddess of Paris retreat, it's one of my annual goddess pray love retreats. And that is the 2019 retreat. Uh, and you can find more info on that at goddessofparis.com. All right, let's see. Uh, anything else you would like to share? I think I've shared it all. <laughs> you can get my uh, my affirmation cards, um, find out where my YouTube is, Instagram, all of that at womanifesting.com. Let me see. All right, next question. You are an award-winning Essence columnist. Yes, empowerment coach, author, blogger, transformational speaker, been on MTV, BBC, absolutely. You mentioned fear stopped you from going after your dreams. How did you slap fear in the face and win? Oh, this is a great place for us to close the conversation. So this is a daily thing. You know, one of the things that I had to learn was that there is no hallelujah, I'm healed moment. Like, all right, I'm done. I'm healed. It's fixed. <laughs> because while we're here on this planet, you know, it is a constant evolving. And as we, you know, it's just like in school when you, you know, conquer one thing and learn one thing, then there's another grade after that. Um, and so learning how to... <sighs> Learning how to make sure that I am, you know, on point and, and walking in my own truth, walking in my own integrity on a daily basis um, and realizing that fearlessness is not about, you know, okay, I got an S on my chest and now I'm fearless. No, it's fearing a little bit less and a little bit less. And a little bit less so if you're terrified you know to put yourself out there you know um, and you're terrified to be seen and heard you know come with me to the goddess of Paris retreat and do Josephine Baker night school or burlesque cabaret you know burlesque cabaret class or do it in your own town doesn't have to be with me right something that makes you feel a little bit more comfortable in your body start to take little risks start to build up that muscle of courage and confidence and that is how you do it that's how you do it um, you know pasito pasito you know which means little by little all right. So I think that this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much, Cheryl Peavy and Thrive Global, Global <laughs> for this conversation, particularly for me as a global goddess, African-American, Caribbean, New Yorker. <laughs> I love having these kinds of conversations. Keep up the great work and namaste. See you soon.